411Live. Well, you can learn about issues that affect us every day. Stay the world. 411Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your girl. Gun violence has never been worse in Milwaukee. It's bad in all over the country, but in Milwaukee, it's bad. We talk about it. We shake our heads. We throw up our hands. What is there to do? Well, there is no one solution. There are a lot of solutions that have to come together in a cohesive manner to put a dent into all of this. Hello, everyone. I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, Real People, Real Talk. I'm going to talk about this broad issue with my guest, Dr. Brandon Curry. Thank you for coming back again. Beverly, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. He is the CEO of Strive 365, and like I said, he's coming back again. Um, Violence. I can't excuse it. It's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you kind of dissect it, sometimes you see that there is unresolved trauma that's contributing to it. And trauma is kind of your space. You deal with it. Definitely. I think actually, as you mentioned trauma, I think everybody deals with it. Yeah. And that's the problem. Um, Not necessarily having the coping skills or the ability to understand what's actually happening to you a sense of self, um, the pain, really it comes back to pain uh, that you feel that you've internalized. And from that pain, it creates triggered responses to events that happen in front of you. Yeah, sometimes explosive responses. Exactly. So, uh, you know, talked about the fight or flight. There's also the freeze and the flock, right? So event happens. Some run from it, some run to it in an aggressive manner, ready to fight. Yeah. Other individuals, they don't know what to do. So they just stop and they're just they're like, What do I how do I yeah. handle this? I don't know what to do. Others will see it's like the idea of seeing a group run and then you're like, Oh, everybody's running, I'm gonna run too. Mm-hmm. That's the flocking concept. And so if you're surrounded by it and you see it all the time you know, and you see the responses by a bunch of individuals, maybe it's family, maybe it's other members in your community, you think those become the norms and you end up seeing or doing, you you see them modeling a behavior, so you follow that behavior. Yeah. So. For those who have not heard of Strive 365, give us that kind of that that synopsis of what what you're all about. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, we are trauma-based or trauma-informed organization that works within the community to create resilient mindsets, create a space where individuals feel supported to overcome trauma, toxic stress, deal with adversity, different forms of adversity. We try to counteract it because you can't always go into a community or into a household and stop trauma. Mm -hmm. It's more of how do you counteract it? And you counteract it by creating positive experiences. So what we do is we partner with organizations that are doing great work and we offer additional layers of support where we focus on building those positive experiences with youth in our peak team curriculum, we call it, Mm -hmm. but also in our professional development where we're working with those adults, mentors, coaches, educators, caring community members 
that want to have an impact, create change. We work with them on how to build relationships by establishing trust, creating more of a connection with the individual in front of them so that they can have a greater impact. So we do professional development, different workshops where we implement different strategies and techniques that they can use. Right. Are you still in different schools? Yes. Yeah, so schools are probably our core partners. We mm -hmm. work with different schools, different school districts. Um, we also work with different youth organizations, after school programs, as well as summer programs. And then we are also in the um, higher ed space where we're working with young adults that are typically we focus on the say incoming freshmen or leadership teams mm -hmm. for example resident assistants that are you know responsible for working with the freshmen and how do they build those relationships and also the transition into uh, the university space as well very good mm -hmm. very good um so when we we're talking about the different things that are coming that are happening and we see the violence I was mentioning earlier that I saw you at an organization, chat and chew, I guess, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you were saying, hey, we really need to talk. What, what are you seeing that you see the urgency? I see pain, mm. a lot of deep-rooted pain with limited hope for a lot of individuals where they don't see things or an ability where they can create change in their own lives. Mm -hmm. So the pain they're feeling, they're just wanting to inflict on other people without hesitation because yeah. people are frustrated. People are struggling with their own, you know, like I talked about earlier, internal struggles. Uh, they're surrounded by pain. They're surrounded by a lack of a platform to see growth. Yeah. So at some point you're just like, I'm just going to make poor decisions because... Doesn't matter anyway. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody sees me. Um, it's an oppressive, it just, it's, I think people feel dehumanized would be the word that I would use, where they're not seen as equals. They're not seen as being a part of community or, you know, when decisions are being made, when policies are put into place, who are they meant to benefit? And certain individuals are like, it's not meant for me. Yeah. They're not hearing, you know, our cries and our voice. And so... Um, I think also you mix in another piece to that is pandemic. It's still, we're still feeling the after effects of that. It's still here, you know. Right. Um, I don't really know if we'll know the true impact of the pandemic for another couple of years because I think that, that two, really two years of shutting everything down held a lot of people back. There's a lot of isolation. Yeah. There was a lot of lack of social connectedness, which created just this trickle-down effect of even more trauma on top of trauma that was already there. Right. Because, of course, we know that during the shutdown and all that, the domestic violence went mm -hmm. way up. And if you think about the child welfare reports, yeah. those went down. Yep. And I mentioned this the other day to a, a colleague, and they were like, why? And I said, well, think about it. Who files those reports? Yep, those teachers. teachers. Mm -hmm. Educators, mm -hmm. coaches, right? Um, school is thought of as a safe space, and um, educators are there to, to provide comfort and safety for kids. So when there's no interaction, which we didn't have for a year and a half, two years, right. 
those reports aren't filed. The individuals that are creating, you know, that are neglecting kids and abusing them aren't filing reports in themselves. Exactly. So those numbers went down. But if, like you said, domestic violence went up, you have to assume children are in the, home, are in the homes too. So Absolutely. those numbers are up as well. We just don't know at w- to what extent. Yeah. And I think uh, those reports and everything after we came out of the pandemic and the schools were opened, then those numbers started going back up Yep. because the, the reporters were doing their job. And it's tough. The individuals that are credit to the teachers, um, because I think having things shut down and parents having to kind of become teachers, too, Mm. while kids are at home, they see how difficult a job it is for educators. And then even now, the teachers are back in school. There's some normalcy coming back. But students... Maybe the chronological age of, say, a 15-year-old, but their developmentally age appropriateness would be that of a 12-year-old yeah. because they skipped two years of that social development, which I think has stunted all growth. And so teachers have to find ways to um, obviously teach curriculum, teach to the standards, but also then enhance the social piece. And how do you do that? We've never experienced something like the pandemic. Right. So it's all new. So they have to, they have to figure out, um, you know, each individual is different. The needs are different. But then you also have to figure out how you can scale and reach a large audience to offer support. And I think that comes back to Strive and what we do. So offering support to those educators, providing different options that they can implement, but then also being another resource at schools that can assist students, families um, with overcoming those those yeah. issues, those struggles. Yeah. I could see um, a lot of teachers needing that assistance, that training from Strive because – you, you just don't know what you're dealing with now with the kids because what did they go through it during the pandemic? And now with that year off and that, you know, going virtual and a lot of kids did, just didn't do well with virtual and just trying to catch up and that frustration and kids acting out, you know, have, you know, trying to put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak, is tough. Definitely. I mean, it's. And it takes time. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not a, uh, our society isn't built on patience. Yeah, that's true. You know, delayed gratification almost doesn't exist. We want results today. Um, but when you're looking at mental health and you're looking at trauma and you're looking at uh, internal struggles, toxic stress that, that individuals are going through, that's a process. And it's different for every person. So there is no specific timeline. There's no date of when it'll be gone. And to be honest, it never really is gone. It's just you learn to develop that sense of resiliency to overcome what you've been through, Mm -hmm. to channel the energy in a different way, to make better decisions, to model behaviors that are going to become or create positive consequences rather than negative ones. Right. Um, where you say, you know what, I'm, I'm empowering myself to take ownership of creating the change in my own life instead of 
you know, like we said earlier, you know, not having hope, sitting back, being frustrated and angry, and then taking it out, making a poor decision. Because at the end of the day, the only individual you can truly depend on to create the change in your life is yourself. So what we have to do is find ways to uplift people in pain, everyone really. We should be uplifting each other to say, hey, I need to build from within. And if I do that and I put myself on a platform, I can yeah. then model this for other people and it scales and we're reaching a larger audience. Yeah, that's, that's great. It, it, you know, the other thing too in our society, Everything's so negative. I mean, if you turn on, you know, a lot of the news and, you know, the 24-hour cycled news and listen to this stuff, and it's just depressing and people trying to one-up somebody else mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Sometimes it's – you have to be mindful of what you're allowing to come in to you, into your ears, your eyes – because that's impacting you too. Definitely. When you see the negativity or hear about it yeah. constantly over and over. And imagine kids. Kids see the same thing. I know. And it's coming from people who are supposed to be leaders. Mm -hmm. You know? It's like, okay, you're a leader and you're acting like this. Right. And not everything is black and white. Yeah. It's not A or B. But when it comes down to treating, to doing the human thing, mm -hmm treating people with respect, that's where we're struggling. You yeah. know, difference isn't being appreciated. Right. Right? right. And, and so I think that if we start appreciating difference, I'm not saying you have to agree with what everybody does, but if you appreciate and you try to be empathetic and, and see where people are coming from, that's where we have more understanding and growth. Right. Because I may not agree with, you know, this or that, but I can still learn from you and we can grow yeah. if we come together and have a, a, a an empathetic understanding of, oh, okay, I see. I hear what you're saying, right? I feel this way, but I hear you. But see, that's the thing, to really listen mm -hmm. and and hear what someone else is saying, even and if it's even if you disagree. Completely. And that's one of our, one of our uh, frameworks, the COPE framework. We talk about communication. And you think communication, oh, that, of course. Communication's easy. I talk, you listen. Right, right. That's what most yeah. people think. No, especially when working with kids. Yeah. There's too much, you know, the finger pointing, do as I say, I'm the coach, I'm the parent I'm the you listen to me and it's like no you have to take more of an approach of actively listen yeah. listen to them and then also ask questions um, don't just provide answers very good so ask don't tell so when you ask questions you peel back layers you learn more and everybody's growing and while you're asking the questions you're empowering that person to feel like I have a voice. And I'm being heard. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about, you know, I talked about folks working in silos. We're going to talk about how you bring all of this together and really make a good pie. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. We 
in a society that we were brought up in, it's very hard on little black boys. You have to navigate feelings and emotions so the world don't get you. Sometimes when I cry, I won't know how I'm feeling or why I'm crying. I just grew up never feeling like it was okay to cry. Yeah. And so he really forced me to have to reconnect with the kid that didn't get to cry. That's beautiful. I don't think that many kids in my son's school even do it. He makes fun of his friend who vapes. He would never try it. She's in the soccer. She's on the honor roll. She's just on the tape. No way. No way. No way. No way. My kid would never vape. Get your head out of the cloud. Today, nearly 8,000 kids will start vaping. Maybe even yours. Learn about the dangers at talkaboutvaping.org. Welcome back to the 411 Live. I am talking to Dr. Brandon Curry, uh, CEO of Strive 365. You know, there are a lot of well-meaning agencies, organizations uh, looking at, you know, what's happening, what's happening with young people, what's happening to, you know, whomever, looking at the the violence, the homicides, the shootings, and wondering, okay, our agency, we're going to take a stand on this part. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else is, we're going to take a stand on this part. And not necessarily, the agency's not necessarily knowing about each other or talking to each other. And therefore, the power is not as strong as it could be, I, I guess, is what I'm With, trying to say. Without a doubt. Um Hearing you say that, I mean, it's communication, again, yeah. is the key. The connection, the relationships between the different agencies, having an understanding of strengths and areas of need, working in unison, that collaborative effort, um, extends outreach. It extends the ability to have a greater impact. But I think if we really do it at a high level, Mm -hmm. We're doing it in a way where we're proactive instead of reactive to things happening. So if you think about police officers, when do we call the police? After something's happened. Right? Right. So if there are less things happening, there's less need to have to call police officers to come in and do what they have to do. Right. So prior to even getting to that point... We need to be having conversations, being collaborative in our approaches, working with other agencies, having an idea of what they do well and how that can work with what you do. Because I don't think one organization, one person, one agency um, has the ability to be great at everything. Right. You know, so uh, it's like be great at what it is you do, but then pair that with the greatness happening in these other areas as well. You put them together, now you have a holistic approach to have a scalable connection with a large audience where you're, you're offering support in so many different ways. And you know, families, communities, that's where the growth starts. Um, but it needs to be put in place now. Like we right. can't, we can't keep talking about it. We can't keep just looking at data and statistics. We have to actually say, okay, how are we going to be action oriented and bring agencies together, 
um, network with the idea of creating solution-based approaches to offer supports that are needed in the community. Right. So your mission now, is that where you're kind of focused or um, have you always been geared towards this? Yeah, I think ultimately it was, you know, we just, we want to get in and do the work. We just, we want to connect with people uh, similar mission-driven organizations, programs, um, and leaders mm-hmm. that are about being action-oriented and, and finding new ways, innovative ways to connect to um, their populations that they're serving. Right. But, which is great, but then I see I'm like, it's not enough. There's still so many individuals, specifically kids. I mean, how can you... The future are the youth are the future. Exactly. So, and you and we need to start young to be proactive. You can't wait and then exactly. jump yeah. in later. So, if we have, I'm like, if we have the ability to put more resources into creating um, that platform to reach a larger audience sooner, I think that it sets us up to be more successful and to create the change. And it is a process. This isn't a, it's not a, a, a flip a switch and create the change overnight. This is, it's going to take a while and people have to be patient and we yeah. have to continue to make adjustments and problem solve and enhance the communication efforts and collaborative efforts and honestly have deep rooted conversations and self-reflection and say, how can I be better? How can we be better? Because we can't keep looking left and right, waiting for other people to step up. Mm-hmm. It's like look in the mirror and say, what can I do? Can it's I on do? me yeah. to do something. So, And it's like you're talking about the holistic thing. And it's like, okay, so some people think, okay, we got to get these kids, these high schools, these high school kids are doing it or middle school or whatever. But Actually, it starts way back here in prenatal, you know, and then the baby's born and it's parenting and it's house housing insecurities and food insecurities and it's it's everything. It is. It's all. I mean, it's healthcare. It's it's education opportunities. It's um, you know, ability home ownership. It's ability to save money. It's ability to, you know, get the same opportunities for a loan that are afforded other, you know, individuals. And so it's almost like, in a way, you need to break down how we've done things. Yes. Scratch it and 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 just say... start over. In a a way, you know, it's like, I know everybody's like, oh, well, that's never going to happen. It's like, well, not until we do something about it. Because we can't keep going the way we're going. Yeah. At some point, nothing's going to be left. And so if we're going to break down a system and create this change, when's it going to happen? So what do you want to see done? Where do we start? I think we have to start by looking at self. Mm-hmm. I think the you have to go micro to macro. You have to do the self, and then you go into what your roles and responsibilities are with you know, your personal life, but also your uh, place of work and what you do on a daily basis. And then how 
that organization can then be a part of this movement or create a movement, start connecting with other organizations. And then from there, what are we doing in the community? And then from there, how are we extending out beyond our community? Right. And so, I, th I mean, it's a long process, like I said, it but is. I think it's starting with self, which, which really should never end. We should constantly be working to evolve. Mm -hmm. If you're not evolving, then you're, you're stuck and things are getting worse around you. Right. So I think if you start with self, that's growth right there. Right. And then looking at ways to say, I have an ability to be one of the change agents in the lives of other people. Right. It's almost like we need a clearinghouse, mm -hmm. you know, that, that lists all these different agencies, what all they do, and then... You know, Jane Doe says, well, you know, I have the ability to do this. I might be able to connect with this agency right. to help here. Right. But what it does, too, it's, it's you know, it tests individuals' humility mm -hmm. because you're saying, oh, we're not experts in this. To say that, mm -hmm. people look at you like, well, what? You can't help me? Nobody wants to admit that they're not the best at something. Right. And then you also have to take time because it all comes back to time and it comes back to money and resources. If you have the time or make the time to build relationships and connect, you may not be able to offer support that's needed to an individual or an organization, but you're connected to groups that can offer that support. Right. So instead of, you know, sometimes people come to you because they trust you. So like, you know, they connect with you, they trust you, you've supported them. So like us, they, we support, you know, youth with social, emotional well-being and programming. Mm -hmm. So from that, a parent may say, oh, okay, we build a relationship with them. They come to us asking us for support with um, maybe they're like, we want to get a licensed clinical therapist. Mm -hmm. we, right. don't, we don't offer those services. But you have the connections. Exactly. And they trust us. So they're going to come to us asking for support, saying they need that, which is amazing and great. The last thing you want to do is say, oh, we can't help you. Figure it out on your own. Because they're not going to look for, most people would just say, oh, well, forget it. Because they don't trust the people that they're going to call to try to get that help. Right. But if we already have a relationship, we can put them in contact directly with an agency or a person who we know um, – can support their needs that right there you've skipped four steps they feel supported and now they're going to get hopefully the help they need to continue to evolve and grow yeah so i guess you're saying we all need to be connected we we all need to kind of expand our network we have to we have to leave we have to get out of our own individual silo and say if i can expand you know, and connect with four to five organizations or four to five people, um, set goals, you know, how let's meet for coffee. Let me learn more about them. Let me tell them more about what we do. Um, right there, you're expanding and growing and have a larger reach or outreach to help more people in need. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big climb, isn't it? Very, very. But it's, I'm hopeful. But it's important. We have no choice. There's no choice. There's no 
alternative. You know, we can't keep thinking of skipping steps or taking the easy route. This is tough. It's challenging. You're talking, you know, decades, years of pain, struggle, of the toxic stress that just follows you. It's generational. Oppression is is something that's always been here and is going to continue until we decide that, nope, sick of this. We all have to step in and do our part. Yeah. If somebody wants to get in touch with uh, Strive 365, what's the best way? Yes, uh, definitely go to our website, which is www.strive365.org. And that's Strive spelled S-T-R-Y-V 365.org. Um, on our website, we have all of our information. You can follow us on social media, um, as well as our email and phone and contact us. Uh, we also have questionnaires up there if you're interested in donating or becoming a volunteer or learning more about our organization, please reach out to us. Very cool. Hey, Brendan, thank you for coming. We'll have you back again. I There's more to talk about. Definitely. So I, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Always love coming in. So looking forward to the next time. Very cool. So check out his website because... Um, that's expanding your network. Yep, and that's all we have to do. We have to, yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the 411 Live. Remember, we're a nonprofit organization bringing in community issues and interesting people. If you'd like to help us, go to our website, the411live.org. Until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live. Real people, real talk. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and watch us on Facebook. Watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org.